So here I am delivering my first live online sermon. This is all very strange. This whole process so far has been a steep learning curve and I'm really pleased with how people have been engaging with what we've been doing so far. And we're keen to continue to grow and develop new components to this. So this is us doing live church and me delivering a live preach. And I started the year by setting out that our vision for 2020 was to see God more clearly. Uh, With our key verse, Psalm 46 verse 10, be still and know that God is God. And we need to hold on to that truth more than ever, I would say. We need to be still and know that God is God. And I hope that you are taking opportunities, no matter what your life looks like at the moment, to just to draw aside and to, to be still and to know that God is still God. And I'm really excited to be introducing a new series we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks called Our God to help us to be still. And so we're going to be looking at different characteristics of God. We're going to be looking at some of his names and some of his attributes. You know, God isn't actually his name. It's more of a title, a bit like Prime Minister or President or Head Teacher, it's more of a title. But God does have a name. In fact, he has hundreds of different names. And we're going to be looking at those over some of those over this series. Names like Yahweh will provide, Yahweh's peace, Yahweh's there, El Roy, God who sees, God the beginning, the creator, the craftsman, God is good, God is light, God is love, and God is holy. And I want to recommend at the beginning of this series uh, a few books that you might want to look into. Maybe you've even read these before, but they're good to dust down and look again. I've been rereading one of them in particular myself. So first of all, we've got the incomparable book by Andrew Wilson. And uh, that's actually I've drawn on that a lot even for today. It's a really, really good book. I don't know if that shows up back to front on your screen. It doesn't mind. But incomparable. You get the idea of what it looks like. Incomparable Andrew Wilson. Another really, really great book uh, that I've just discovered in the last, uh, I've just read in the last month, is God Has a Name, and that's by John Mark Comer. And he looks at this particular name we're going to be looking at today, uh, and I'm going to quote from him a little bit later. And the final book I want to recommend is The Good God by Michael Reeves. And that particularly is looking at God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit and the interaction between the the community of the Trinity. So three really, really good books there if you want to dive deeper uh, into this series. So our theme this week, let me see if I can get this screen share to work. Here we go. Uh, Oh, sneak preview of what's come. Here we go. Right. So our theme this week is Yahweh. And this is a name that's often translated in our English Bibles as the Lord with capital letters L-O-R-D. And it comes from the Hebrew. It's a representation of the Hebrew four letters that were written in scripture, Y-H-W-H. This probably was pronounced Yahweh. You may have heard it as Jehovah. And it's a, word, it's, it's a word that's used many, many times throughout the Old Testament. In fact, it appears over 6,800 times in the Old Testament. Uh, sometimes on its own as just as Yahweh, sometimes as compound words that we're going to look at in the next few weeks, like Yahweh will provide, Yahweh's peace. 
Yahweh is there. Exodus 6, verse 2 and 3 say this. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. The context of this verse is that Moses has already had his burning bush experience where God called him to go and save the people from Egypt. And Moses has, has gone to present the case before Pharaoh and things didn't go well. In fact, Pharaoh, on the back of the conversation with Moses, sent Moses away and made the working conditions of all the Israelites much, much worse, asking them to create more bricks with less straw. And the Israelites, as a result, have also now turned against Moses. And Moses is crying out to God, saying, what is going on? And in this moment, God reassures Moses and he gives him this name. He says, I'm going to I'm revealing myself to you. I'm telling you, my name is the Lord. I've, I've, I've appeared to Isaac, to Abraham, to Jacob as God Almighty, but I did not make myself known to them as the Lord. But to you, I am making myself known as the Lord. So very quickly, I just want to look at why does God have a name? And that will set the scene for this series. And I'm going to pick up on three things why God has a name. The first is the name why most of us use names. It's to help identify. You know, what do we normally do when we meet someone for the first time? Well, we tell them our name and we ask them for their name. Names help us to establish a relationship. And they act as a sort of intimacy indicator, how well you know someone. So for someone who doesn't know me at all, if they were being particularly polite, maybe in a shop or something, they might call me sir, uh, pretty much old fashioned, but they may still call me sir. In a formal setting, so like when I used to be a teacher, they would call me Mr. Long, or the bank might call me Mr. Long. For my work colleagues, for people who knew me a little bit, they might address me as Dominic. But for most of you, you know me as Dom. Uh, and, and in fact, my children get to call me dad. So it, names are a measure of intimacy. And what God is doing here with Moses is he's revealing and putting himself in the most intimate of relationships available to Moses. And God does the same with us. Yahweh does that with us. God is a person, a relational being who wants to relate with you and me. And the New Testament even goes further than this because when Paul talks about Jesus in his letters, he says, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Yahweh in flesh and blood, the human coming of Yahweh. Andrew Wilson in his book Incomparable puts it like this. The Greek word used in Philippians 2 verse 11, which we uh, looked at a few weeks ago, for Lord, Kyrios, was the word the Jews throughout the Greek Old Testament to translate Yahweh. Now this on its own doesn't prove Paul was saying Jesus is Yahweh. The word Lord could also mean master or even just sir. But if you look at the context, you will see that this is exactly what he is saying. Time and again, including here, Paul takes standard Old Testament passages about Yahweh 
and turns them into passages about Jesus. In Jesus, God is declaring his desire to have a relationship with us, have a relationship with you and me. So whenever you see or read the word Lord in capital letters L-O-R-D, or the name Yahweh, or indeed Jehovah, let it remind you that God wants to relate with you personally. Secondly, sorry, that was the second point, help, help establish relationship. The third point is that God has a name because it shows something of his character. In the Bible, names reveal something about the person, about their character. You know, people like Abraham, he was originally known as Abram, meaning exalted father, and God changed his name to Abraham, meaning father of many nations. Simon uh, was renamed Peter by Jesus. He, in Matthew 16, verse 18, it says, you are Peter, the Greek word Petros, and on this rock, Petra, I will build my church. It's a play on words saying that he was going to take this man who had been known Simon, rename him Peter, meaning rock, because of the significance of what he was going to do. He was going to become the rock for the church to be built on. But in the Bible, names speak of someone's character. And God's names show his character too. This is what is going on in Exodus 6, verse 2 to 3, when God is talking to Moses. He's revealing something of his character. Now, it wasn't, this, it wasn't that God was introducing this name. In fact, he'd revealed his name in other times, but he was revealing his character in a way he never had to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is changing the way people think about him from that of an office to that of a person. And this name is difficult to translate, but it, it has an element of meaning God is eternal, or he always is. He always was and is and is to come. The word Yahweh is most likely based on the name I am who I am, which God revealed to Moses at the burning bush a few chapters earlier in Exodus 3, verse 14. So it's saying that God who, who was and is and is to come, he's before all things, he's the Alpha and Omega. There's not a time when God wasn't or isn't or won't be. So an element of Yahweh is this eternal nature of God, the alwaysness of God. But also included in this is the holiness. It speaks of holiness. In fact, to the Hebrews and even to Jews today, the, the letters YHWA, the words Yahweh, they wouldn't even go as far as saying it out loud as a mark of this, this holiness around it. In fact, they would usually use the word Adonai, which means Lord. And that's why so often in our English translations, the YHWH generally gets translated as the Lord because the Jews switched the word to Adonai as an acceptable word to use as a mark of showing holiness. You just read a quote from the God has no, a name by John Mark Homer about this. He says, Yahweh is incredibly hard to translate into English for a couple of reasons. For one, we don't actually know what the vowels are because they were never written down. Almost all Hebrew scholars think Yahweh is right, but honestly, it's still a bit of guess, a bit, still a big, a best guess. But the main reason is that over time, the Hebrews stopped saying the name of God out loud. One of the Ten Commandments is you shall not misuse the name of Yahweh your God. Over the years, they grew so scared of accidentally breaking this command that they just stopped saying his name altogether. 
Instead, they would call him other names. A popular one was simply Hashem, the name, but the most common title was Adonai, a Hebrew word meaning Lord. In the ancient Near East, that's what a servant would call his master. So they use that title for God. This is where we get the name Jehovah. Hang on a minute, you're thinking what? How can that go to that, to that? Let me show you. Jehovah is the vowels from Adonai put into the consonants of Yahweh, as you can see in the picture there. So the A, the O and the A slot in between the Y, H, W and H and you get Yahweh. But because Hebrew is a guttural language, so the Y sound like J's and the W sound like V's, hence Jehovah instead of Yahweh. So those different words you might have think, thought as being uh, different names are actually expressions of the same name. Yahweh, YHWH, and uh, Adonai, Lord, they're all put together to represent God being the eternal one, the holy one. So the fact that God has a name is wonderful. It speaks of his desire for relationship with us. It speaks of his eternal character and also of his holiness. One final quote from Andrew Wilson before I tell you about a creative challenge that we've got for anyone who wants to join in. So Andrew Wilson says this in his book Incomparable, revealing the name Yahweh to us shows God's desire for relationship with us and lets us know something of his character, but it ought also to make us stand in awe. So over these last few weeks, King's Kids and Kresh have been set challenges each week to do with their families and the creativity has been amazing. In fact, Lizzie has also set us all a challenge to be creative during this time. And it's been brilliant to see all the different things that people have been doing. And we wanted to continue that going forward. So each week we're gonna set a challenge and it's not necessarily for the kids, it's for kids of all ages. So this week's challenge uh, is based on uh, God speaking to Moses, but at the earlier event from the burning bush. And you're going to have an opportunity to be creative, to express something of the burning bush. Now, when you're being creative, some things work and other things don't work so well. So let me show you some things that we've tried at home. So here's something that didn't work quite so well. We have here a red balloon that we stuck leaves and twigs on. As you can see, not a brilliant burning bush, but it was an attempt. Here's a slightly better one with a balloon uh, with wool and leaves cut up. Slightly better representation of a burning bush. You might like to try something like that. Or there's this one. This here, we've got a little tea light inside and uh, some tissue paper with a silhouette of a bush and we thought this would be quite a good one to make in a little glass that you can then put on the table and have a moment of reflection and pause to know that God is Yahweh. He's the one who wants to relate to you. He's the one who is eternal and the one who is holy. Or one final idea, you can obviously come up with your own. You might want to make a poem or make some pictures. Here is a burning bush we've got with some leaves, uh, branches cut from our garden and some tissue paper for the flames. So there's something, you get creative and you can submit your pictures or indeed videos, we've had videos going on 
that's something for children of all ages, you could do that in a response to today's theme. 